0: Okay, so, all right. Today's that's DAP, today's daf is Memchet, 48, and we pick up at the um, last line, the very last line of Hamzayim and And We just had a fascinating debate. About whether you say shechianu on shmini atzeret, that shmini atzeret is its own uh, chag, its own Regal in various ways. Um, even though that was clearly acknowledged, all the ways it was distinct, the question was, was that distinct enough for a separate shechianu? And the Gemara ended by saying, we'll just read, I guess, two lines from the bottom of Memzayim with that. The halacha is omim zman shachar. You do say shechianu on shmini atzeret. Tiny gave Nachman, and we taught like Rav Nachman. This which is this halacha that we do say, um, uh, shechian or And here's the bright. that's actually a Tosefta. Shmini, regal bishneatmo. Shmini is considered its own yantiv, its own holiday. Le'inyan, pezer keshev. And here's a nice mnemonic. Pezer keshev. What do these six things mean? Pei, zayin, Kuf, Shin, bet. Each one stands for a way in which cheniyatzer is distinct. Number one, pei. Pious bishneatmo, its own lottery. What does this mean? They would do a lottery in the base of mikdash. Um, if you remember, on each um, um, group, the kohenim were divided into twenty-four groups. Each group uh, operated on a separate on a sep- for a separate week. So every group would operate two weeks out of a year. But on the uh, roughly, but on the regalim, um, all the groups would operate at the same time. And how would they therefore distribute the various? Um, korbanot that w- they would bring on the galim. If everybody's operating at the same time, they would have a lottery. For those who recently learned with us, Yoma, you remember that they had a lottery even on a daily basis within the group, when even it was only one group to decide who gets to do some of the early services of the day. But here, they would also have a lottery in terms of distributing the korbanot of Musaf between the groups. Now, there were. Um, a lot of animals brought for the korbanot for sukkot 13 uh it started with 13 bulls 14 uh uh sheep um, two rams and so on um, and then the number of bulls would decrease over the day so anyway for the purposes of just thinking about the bulls okay if there were 24 groups Basically the way they would operate is is that everybody would they'd have one representative of each person, they all get into a circle, they'd randomly, you know, do some pick a number, randomly count from a particular person, start with that person. And then that group would get one of the bulls, and then it would go. The next one would get a neck of you know the, the next bull, the next next, and so on and, and so forth, dividing up the bulls of that of that day. Well, over Sukkot there were seventy bulls, right? Everybody knows Pareh Hakag is seventy. Divide 70 by 24, and what do you get? Three with, the, you're too well, short of no, getting three. three, right? Almost three. So basically, the bulls would be distributed, you go all the way around, and they'd be distributed over the, over Sukkot, so that every group of Kohanim would get three bulls, except two groups, the last two, would only get two. Fine! Then you came to Shmini Yetzeret. Shmini there there is are uh, actually only one bull, as we discussed yesterday. So you say you might as well give that to one of the remaining two groups, right? To get as much, as much equity as possible. No, pius vishneatmo, not because of the separate, it's basically an independent day. You start, you do a completely new lottery and. Somebody else, and whoever wins that lottery is going to get that bull, that group, and has nothing to do with a continuation of the past. So, besides that, what we've seen, what the Gemara is going to mention in a minute, korban b'snei atzmo—that just the nature of the korban of the Corbanos, the animals—are not part of the same series as what preceded. Even the question of, well, we might as well, you know, continue where we left off for a certain degree of equity—that even that we're not doing—to start with a brand new pious. So that's the pay pious b'snei Zayin Zman that's what we've been discussing it gets its own Shachianu straightforward enough Um Reich it's its own regel. that's a little bit of a tautology here are the six ways in which it's its own regal it's its own regal so <laughs> what does the reish mean? so Rashi says it means that you do not sit in a sukkah do not take a lulav that's certainly what the Gemara um, emphasized earlier that the primary mitzvahs of the chag do not of sukkot do not apply by shmi Yatseret. now that's more of a lacking than something relating to its own positive identity it's more of a negative identity we'll talk about that a little bit at, um, in the, it, it late, uh, later today when we get to a, a mission in the middle of the page. But right now, even if it doesn't tell you anything about the positive identity of Shmi HaTzeret, it certainly tells you that it is not considered part of um, Sukkot. Um, okay, by the way, I should just point out that Tosa says the Rego Bishni Atmo is a different point. It's that it has the power to stand for a seven-day yunta when it comes to issues of velus. Right, if people know about the you know, the idea that if somebody um, if somebody, let's say, um, uh uh God forbid uh, uh somebody um, a family member dies and it's right before um you know, a yuntiv, let's say right before Sukkot. So it comes along yuntiv and that stops the Shiva. Then there's still Shloshim. Um, then the days of like Cholomoed Sukkot also count towards like deducting away from the Shloshim. Um, and then also how do you count Shemini Yatseret? So an interesting thing is that Shemini Yatzeret itself counts as like a seven-day chag in terms of deducting the days of shloshim, So there actually is a way in which the whole Dushminyatet itself counts as its own independent Yantav and like, even like a seven-day yontav for aspects of a so That's another interpretation Tosos gives for the Reish of Regal Bifnei Okay, but anyway, more simply, it's just the idea that it does not have the same, same mitzvahs of Sukkot. Korban um, Bishni that's easy, that's its own korbanot. Um, as we said, not part of the same series, it's not, um, you know, part of the decreasing number of cows, it's one cow, it's not 14 sheep, it's 7 sheep, it's not 2 rams, it's 1 ram, it's own korban. Shira Bishne atzmo, the Qarnim would sing a separate Shira in the base of Mikdash. The songs of Sukkot that they would sing with the Musaf, uh, the Korban of Sukkot, would be around the, um, around the giving of the gifts to the poor um, from the agricultural, uh, from, you know, harvest. And this would be something different. Tosa says that it possibly is uh, the Lam al Hashminit. Um, and bracha the bet bracha bishnei atmo What's bracha bishnei atmo Rashi again connecting it to the earlier Gemara says it means that in the liturgy you have a separate name. You don't call it chag haSukkot. You call it yom shmini chag haAtzeret hazeh. Okay. Other possibilities also about what this could mean. But anyway, Rashi says maybe a special blessing that was given to the king. But more simply, the bet is the special name in the liturgy. The rei rego bishnei atmo, is that it does not have the mitzvot of Sukkot. Um, um, and therefore, clearly, is it, it is its own distinct Yazdim. Okay, so now we turn. So, quite important mm-hmm. about all ways in which Shminyat has a distinct identity. I'm going to get back to one of those points in a minute um, af, at the next Mishnah. Not this one, the following Mishnah. Let's take a look. Um, now that was the ways and that all was an explanation of the Mishnah that said that Lulav and Arava are um, six and seven days and we discussed that the taking of the Lulav on Shabbat and taking of Arava on Shabbat and Hoshana Raba. then we had the next Mishnah that specifically addressed Hoshana Raba. then we were dealing with the end of Sukkot and Hoshana Raba, and are the Lulav and Esarok still Usser Hukzol and get and that got us into the discussion about the status of these objects of mitzvah on Shmini many the to begin with. Now we're going back to the opening Mishnah though that talks about things that last X number of days during, the, during Sukkot because there's so many different mitzvot and so many days. So we mentioned Lulav and Arava 6 and 7. Now we get to HaHalehovah Simcha Shmona halal you'd say for all eight days Um, Sukkot in this way is distinct from Pesach Pesach according to the Ishar Hadin you only say halal on the first day our minag of course to say a half halal Um, you know notes the minag but uh, to say a half halal on the rest of the days but the full halal is only said on the first day of Pesach where Sukkot is every day every day is distinct Uh, Gemara explains that that's based on the idea that it's different korbanot each day so it's considered that every day has its distinct identity so halal is a and Simcha is eight days. Simcha v'tes here does not mean Simcha stays are Shoeva. We'll get to that. Simcha is eight days here means the Simcha of bringing the Shlamim on Yantuf. Shlame Simcha it was done for eight days. Now, it focuses in on the Simcha, which is interesting. Oh my gosh, look at that. Thank you. It focuses on the Simcha, because as I said, there's a chiddush to the Hallel aspect as well, that Sukkot is distinct from Pesach. (laughs) But it focuses, thank you, it focuses on the Simcha. A person is obligated in Hallel and Simcha and honoring the last day of Yom Tov like all the other days of Yom Tov. Again, uh, honoring the last day of Yom Tov is, you know, not such You honor the last day of Tov on, on Pesach as well. Um, but the the Chiddish here is the Hallel and the Simcha. The Hallel, the bigger Chiddish, is that you say it every day. Uh, the real Chiddish is, is that you say, is that Simcha, the shlame Simcha, which we always know applied to the entirety of a Regal, like by Pesach. Here, it also goes to the very last day as well, which is particularly a Chiddish, as we have noticed, once we realize that the last day is a distinct day. It is not part of the holiday of Sukkot. And nevertheless, the Shlami Simcha continues through Shemini Yat And that's we'll, t- we'll see. Let, let, let's see what the Gemara says about this. Where do we know this idea that the Shlami Simcha continues through Shemini Yat Tanu a rabbi's talk. You shall be ex- only exceedingly um, all you should be is happy. The rabbos Leila Yom Tava now the extra thing why well, did it say again, be happy? They just said be happy, it's to tell you even the last day of Yantas. Now what does this mean? You have to look at it in context. If you look at the puzzles being quoted in Prime Tajan. Okay, so it says at the end of her eight Taselha Shivatya min basuchami gonakami ikvecha. Notice what's not mentioned here. Miniatseris. Seven days of Sukkot But B'Chagecha אתה וינחוב ויתחוב ועבדה ואמא שחקה ורבי ו aggregate asom amanach shem sherecha shivas yamin tachol glad shem again no <gtricul> All the three regardless, no Shmini Atzeres. <coughs> seven day holidays. So here's another evidence of Shmini Atzeres really being separate. So the Gemara says, how do you know Simcha applies to Shmini Atzeres? It says the after saying it's a seven day chag, no mention of Shmini Atzeres. Shivat Yamim," it says. It says the answer is only happy even more happiness is coming to say even beyond Sukkot even the day of Shemini Yatseret now the, the language is Lele Yom Tava why Lele Yom Tava you don't bring a korban at night this is about Shlomi Simcha the Rashi says no that's why also it's addressing how do you say it includes Shmini Yatseret if the pasuk is talking about Sukkot because you brought the korban on Sukkot you brought it on this day of Sukkot, on day seven. But a korban that you bring, the shlomim that you bring, you eat not only the day, but you eat the following night and actually the following day for Okay? So therefore, asamech means the simcha of shlomi simcha, the Chag, is not limited to the day of, of Sukkot, the bringing of it on the Chag of Sukkot, but it is the continued eating of it even after Sukkot is over, the continued eating of it that occurs on Shmini Atzeret. So let's take a look as the Gemara develops this point. One um, minute, we'll see the Gemara. Okay, so the, so the Baita says like this, The say, Yom Tov Oh, Ella. Maybe it's only Yom Tov HaRishon. Maybe it's coming to tell you to include the first night. Because, although you say, of course you have to have Simcha the first night. But yeah, again, the Simcha means Shlamei Simcha. Then you don't bring a shla, uh, Korban at night. So we were talking about a Korban that would be brought Erev Sukkot. So is there an idea of eating Shlamei Simcha? Is there a mitzvah of the Simcha of eating Korbanot that applies on the night of the Chag if the Korban wasn't brought on the Chag itself? It was a Korban that was brought yesterday. How much focus is on the bringing? How much focus is on the eating? So let's take a look. Shulmer when it says only happy, Chileit or Chalak, that's not both we're not there's an extra happiness but let's not go overboard only some not opportunities not others okay Umara <laughs> I'm fine so you got to pick one we're not going to go overboard so why did you pick the last day of Yomta for Simcha and not the first day Marbani leli yom tefah achron I pick the last day, which is preceded by simcha, because the korban would be brought on Sukkot itself, and then the continued eating would be would be motzei Sukkot. Shminyat zareh, yom rishon, and I'll exclude the first day. She ain't simcha that does not have simcha that precedes it. Now, of course, you could have made the opposite uh, argument. Not the first day, the first night. I'll include the first night, which is sukkah proper, which is eating on sukkahs. I'll exclude the last night, which is not eating on sukkahs. Clearly, it seems to indicate, you know, well, I, you, I, you could read it otherwise, but it seems to indicate obviously the un- importance of the bringing of the korban, you know, as a central part of what this is about. Because it's not just our experience of simcha. The Gemara says, you know, the famous lo- p- line people quote, "Ain't simcha leb'busar el- b'yayin" is not in the Gemara. The Gemara says, "Ein simcha ella bebasar shlomin." Yeah, in the the Leker Shlomim, you know, it says everybody with what makes them happy. I the, I forget, men with why, women with nice clothes, you know, <laughs> interesting about it's certain gender assumptions. But okay. But the point is, by the way, it doesn't even say baser yain, it just says yayin, although the the Rabban has has yayin some have maybe different girsa, but it emphasizes in the time of the Mikdash, Ain Simcha el baser shlomim. Now again the question is, you know, it's not like the meat of a sacrifice tastes better than a meat of some of an non-sacrifice it's that the simcha that comes through the connecting with God through that larger sense of wholeness of you know importance of, of meaningfulness that comes by bringing it into the pre- in the presence of God that's the simcha so therefore it, how much of it is the eating or how much is it the eating as the culmination of the act of having brought the korban and that's what this Gemara is saying that actually there is no of simcha on the first night of yantar because it wasn't part of bringing the korban on yantar only there's only simcha on the last night because it was part and extended from the bringing of the korban that occurred on Sukkot itself and that is central to the idea of the simcha the simcha of being in the presence of God is a central idea to the simcha of Yom Tov in a way you could also see this playing out in the debate of nowadays whether simcha is, you know in terms of Kulo L'Hashem or Kulo L'Chem you know, how much is about the idea of simcha's Yom Tov about our own pleasure, and how much is it about spending all your time learning, but the intersection of the two, the eating of the Korban, of a Korban, brought in presence of God, is very central to this idea. Now, two o- a few other points, and then we'll let Michael ask this question. Number one, um, while we're talking about the aspect of Simcha, it's worth noting that in the Torah, you know, the psukim I just read you, the idea of Simcha and Yantav, although we say it applies to all Yomin Hovem, in the Torah really is underscored by, uh, by, by Sukkot, not by other areas. Um, Now, why is that? Probably because, I mean, think, by the way, just about the Pasuk, about the taking of the Lulav and the Esrog. Simcha is clearly a reality of Sukkot. It is the end of your agricultural cycle. You spent your whole year, you know, praying for rain, having the, you know, planting the crops, harvesting, how crops are drying out, now you're bringing it all into the house. And there's a tremendous amount of joy of all the thing, everything you've accomplished over the year, you know, and therefore there's just generally a tremendous amount of joy during that period. And the message of the Torah is that joy should be directed to God right <laughs> <laughs> but simcha is taking the lulah of an esro that is a type of a prayer and using these agricultural <laughs> pro, you know products to express our joy for all of this success to God so a key part about this is that the simcha of, that you have at this time of the year has to come into the context of the Chag and be addressed to God but the Rambam makes another important point because I mean, in a way it's really the Pesukim because right? the Pesukim I just read you have another thing that in, the, in this context not just thanking God and not just sitting in a sukkah but the psukim actually say the following right (laughs) and these are the people who as I mentioned before in the centrality of the mitzvah of the lani uh, of the uh, I'm sorry I'm anyway uh, about the matnos avionim about the agricultural gifts to the poor you're gathering it in and things drop and the leket and the shikh and all of that these are the ones that at this time have to make sure that their needs are attended to everybody is so happy with all of their wealth and success how about the people that don't have land and that don't have any of this and making sure that they are attended to and the, and the obligations of matnas Lani so Rambam point out connects these two ideas with the mitzvah of Simcha and I'll just read you very briefly from a very powerful Rambam hold on let me just pull it up um that's what he says about Hilchos uh yeah so this is a Rambam that he says in general about the idea of Simchas Chag it's in Hilchos Yom Tov hold on a second um Mm-hmm. Okay, she's with Yom Tov. I think it's, let's see if I remember where it is. One second. Here he goes. He says, "Okay." He says nowadays he says simcha murah he korban shlamim kemoch shanim mavarim yech bechlas simchalis moa hu banav beita vekolachad kara oila. So primary simchas shlamim, but nowadays, as everybody you know is appropriate for them. So it mentions what you get for kids, what you do for, what for the women. So it's the Rambam that says Basar Yayin. That's an interesting issue, whether you have to have meat on Yontif um, You know, like on Shavuot, and other people who generally prefer not to have meat. The Gemara says Yayin. The Rambam says. Ein anyway, here the Rambam says, and then he goes on. He says, So you have meat and wine, etc when you're eating, you have to invite all of the, you know, uh, poor and, uh, and, the, um, and, and the orphan and the widow and all of those that would, not, would that are what less oh, those that are less fortunate. Exactly. You lock your doors, you and your whole family are enjoying all of your sumptuous food, but you do not feed to any of the poor and the unfortunate. This is not a simcha of a mitzvah, it's a joy of your stomach. This is an embarrassment. This is an embarrassment. So pretty harsh words from the Rambam. That's in Hilchos Yom Tov at the end of Parakav. So that is a nice connection since we're talking about Simchas Yom Tov and simcha Shlomim. I'm talking, you know, I'm just going. Why is Simcha underscored in the Torah by Sukkot? Number one, it's a Chag of Simcha, where that is the general experience, and number two, it's also the, under, the emphasis of the, um, of, the um, of the, what do you call it, of the um, I'm sorry, hold on, something's happening here on my phone, the emphasis on the poor and the, unfor- and the less fortunate um, and how that is part <coughs> of the Simcha. Okay, now, the other thing to mention is this idea of the last night of Yom Tov. First of all, Rati says, once you're including Shemini Etzeres on the night of Shemini Etzeres then, of course, by a of chomer the day would be included as well, and bringing a core during the day of I mean, You, would, you would, right. It's not so obvious that that's true. You could say that no, In the end of the day it's still seven days of simcha. It's just that the night of Shmini Yatzeret is the culmination of the korban that was brought during the day of Sukkot. That's not so cl- cu- clear. The other thing that is not so clear is, are you obligated to bring a korban every single day when you're there? Are we saying that if you didn't bring on the first day, are we saying there's a kiyum of simcha, there's an idea of simcha? I mean, Really? Every day that you're there, you have to bring the separate shlumming? Gets pretty expensive to the Ola Lorego. So that is not so clear. I mean, the language of this makes it sound, it's, it's, um, you know, it's ambiguous. <laughs> It doesn't sound like you're chayev. You know, it's part of the idea of simcha includes that last nine. There remains a clear, a definite ambiguity here about what is the idea of, you know, of simcha. How much are you obligated to bring a korban every single day, or at least every other day, since you can eat a korban for two days? You know, but that remains somewhat ambiguous here, and what, therefore, including the last night of yontiv actually means. Okay, Michael, are your questions well, yeah, answered? So, almost all of them. No, oh, yeah, so just so, so a little bit more. Um, so, this carbon, I guess, is not a neutral color against it, but some carbon... You still bring correct. It. So, you can actually still bring it on him. Correct. That was one thing. The yep. other is, but it still seems to me, then, that the first night, you know, which we all make a big deal out of, sort of gets a little bit uh, less... Let's in terms that, of this form of simcha, that is correct. You know, then the question becomes, how much is our contemporary right, simcha? Exactly. Right. So our contemporary simcha is a team of simcha without this. That is true. And we do often also make like a sort of a gazera, tzadvah, tetva, we have to eat the gazayis in the sukkah. Like yeah. But we, so okay. we still eating on the first night of gazayis, something in the sukkah, bread, but doesn't necessarily mean we a big meal. No, 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 no. It's just the simcha of Shlami simcha. Uh, when we have a different form of simcha, then that would apply the first night. Um, okay, let's take a look at the Mishnah. Next Mishnah. Sukkah Shiva Kesad. How would you have, what does it mean now, right? We're going, so these, you know, these things are eight days, Sukkah is seven days. So what does that mean? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. So let's take a look. Gamar Mi you're done eating on Oshana Rabba. You've had your last meal. You've had breakfast or something. You're not going to eat again till uh, the night, till so Shmini Lo Don't undo your sukkah because you you, you might have to eat You might want to eat, eat some more before the day is over. Aval From minchat raim onwards, you start taking your stuff out of your sukkah into your house to show honor of the last day so this sounds like ideally you should be taking apart your sukkah but since technically you can't because you need it around you do the next best thing now why is that important for the Kvod Yom Tov Shachag? well the simple explanation is, is that you've got your bed up there and you've got your nice dishes up there and you're going to need them for Shmi are in your house so, in order to get your house ready for a Shmini you you gotta get that stuff down. But the Mishnah, there's a subtext of something else going on. It sounds like there's an aspect of Kvod Yom Achlin Shachad by just by leaving your Sukkah. Ideally, you should be taking apart your Sukkah, except technically you can't because you might need it. Let's see how that idea is continued in the Gemara. Okay? Any locating Mahu. If you don't have any vessels, and vessels here means like bedding as well, to bring into your house, what do you do? So, Mark says, Ain't lokalim. You don't have any vessels. My stomach, what have you been using the whole week? What have you been sleeping on? What have you been eating off of? But notice, by the way, okay, that's a reasonable question. But notice, by the way, the, 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 the funny nature of the assumption of the original statement. You don't have vessels to bring down. What do you do? It sounds like, again, like there's a point of showing that you're leaving your sukkah. Right? What do you do? Who cares? So you don't have vessels to bring down. Okay, whatever. So maybe I've already got them in the house or something, or who knows. This idea that you need to be doing something to bring your vessels down indicates something that there's an act you have to do to show you're abandoning the sukkah and moving into the house. And this is continued in the answer. So first wants to understand what does it mean you don't have vessels? What have you been using the week? So now it understands, no, actually, let's say you don't have any place in your house to bring it in. You have to be in your sukkah. I don't know, they're redoing your kitchen or something. You can't go back into your house. So what are you supposed to do? You can't leave your sukkah. So, again, what's the problem? So, okay, so you'll eat in your sukkah, which means your service. But well, let's see what the answer is. barav, or Amar ba'arba. You have to invalidate your sukkah. Make a hole in it for tfachim, that invalidates. So, so this is asked why. Four, one, a three, whatever. Invalidate your sukkah. Rabbi Yoshul ben Levi-Omir, light a candle in your sukkah. And we learned before that a small sukkah, you light a candle in it, uh, you're not supposed to light a candle in it. Everybody's going to be anxious about the fire hazard. The low-plegi, and they don't disagree. These are two different solutions for two different scenarios. Halan, halahu. That's for them, this is for us. Meaning for those in Israel and those in Babel. Why is there a difference? Because, as we just learned, those in Babel, what do you have to do on Shminyatar? You have to eat in the sukkah. So if you're in Israel, you don't have to eat in the sukkah on Shemini So you can invalidate it, make a big hole in it. But if you're in Babel, if you're out of Israel, you need to eat in the sukkah, you can't make a big hole in it. But what do you do? you got to do something to show it's not really sukkah. So, you bring in and you light a candle, which normally is very unadvised, and it does not allow you to feel so comfortable in your sukkah because you're always anxious that a fire is going to break out. And that you do, even though you can't invalidate it, even though you have to eat in it, you still need to do something to undermine the significance of eating in the sukkah. Fascinating idea. Until now, all we've talked about is not making a bracha, although we did say somebody who said, an opinion that said, don't eat in the sukkah. But now we're not making a bracha is not enough. You have to actually show not really sukkah that you don't really belong there let's keep on reading um, that's good for a small sukkah where a candle is disruptive a big sukkah where you're not afraid that the candle is a fire hazard you put it in the middle of the table there's a lot of space around it what, can you, what are you going to do that would be comparable so the mani michla, You bring dirty dishes into it. You leave all your dirty, smelly dishes in your sukkah. because in general you would never do that for a sukkah, because Rava has taught mani mit halasa, Your dirty dishes you bring out of your sukkah. Mani are Your 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 drinking the, uh, glasses you can leave in a sukkah. Right when you're clearing the table, you want to get rid of the of the dishes right away. The glasses you don't have to remove right away. It's not so disgusting. It's not so bad. So this is a type of a thing you would normally never do during sukkah. Leave your dirty dishes there here you leave your dirty dishes even if you're eating in shemini atzeret you have to Even without a bracha you have to show it isn't really sukkot you really don't belong here now it's pretty funny i don't know anybody even those that have the minog to eat like myself minog you know to, follows gemara excuse me to say that you eat in a sukkot on shemini atzeret that make a point of making it like uncomfortable you know um so i don't know we don't exactly do this but that being said what the, what, the point I want to bring out important about Shemini Atzeret because to me I have this is like I have a very uh, uh, sh, uh, like you know strong shita about what this gemara indicates about Shemini Sarat. because the assumption here is that it's important for Shemini Sarat, not just that you have your bedding and your dishes in the house it's important that you leave your sukkah Right? how do you show you're leaving your sukkah says the Gemara, if you don't have what to take down how if, even if you have to be in a sukkah are you making it clear you've left your sukkah and the idea that it's important to leave your sukkah for kvod yom tava achron and to me, I, I, I think that this is a way of understanding what T'miniyaterity is all about Like what's the anthem about all the stuff about being rego bifneyatsmo all the ways it's not sukkot it's all very lovely, it's not sukkot what is it? what is its identity? what is it supposed to be? So, there's a very interesting targum, unkelis. says on the Pesach, B'yom Ki'alachem. What does Atzeret mean? A gathering in. Unkulis says, On the b'yoma shmini b'yoma tinaya Min Metalalaya lebetaya. It should be a gathering in from your sukkah into your house. If he understands that the idea of Shmini Atzeret is the leaving of the sukkah and going into the house. It's the transition back into the home. Because if you think about it, as we all know, the hardest things in life are the follows. Right? So you go to a uh, conference and you have all these wonderful ideas you're going to bring back to work and then as soon as the plane lands back where you're coming they've forgotten all of them and you're back to the day-to-day. Right? And so the whole idea is you've spent the entire Yamim no Raim about bringing God into your life. Right and you know Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, go into the Kodesh Kadashim. Then we took the experience of the Kodesh Kadashim and we took it out of just the Kodesh Kadashim. And Sukkot was we brought it into the Sukkot because so much as we discussed Sukkot is the idea of you know of being in the presence of God of the Ananei Kavo, The Gemara evokes the symbolism of the Kodesh Kedoshim, of the Keruvim, of the Miluim, of being, God is right there, we've taken God, we've brought God into our house, into the Sukkah. That is the move, we're trying to do the follow through from Yom Kippur. But the thing is, it's a lot easier to have that type of a consciousness while you're there in the Sukkah. The real challenge is now going back into your real house by getting really back into the day-to-day and into the normal rhythms. How do you take God, how do you take that sense of the presence of God back with you in the rest of the year? And so that's my understanding about what the idea of Shemini Atzeret is. It's focusing on that transition, what it means to be moving back into the house. So that's why I think, you know, the Gemara about Regal Bifnei Atzmo and this Gemara of Kvod Yom Tov Achron that yes, part of the idea of Shemini Atzeret is demonstrating that you're leaving your sukkah and doing it with a consciousness of what it means to be leaving your sukkah, to be going into the house and to beginning the rest of the year. So we need a yantav that makes us stop and pause before we start the rest of the year while we're in our house. Now we're back in our houses. How are we going to take everything that's preceded this whole last month and make sure that that now stays with us. So that's my board, um on this, on this Gemara, and I think a very important understanding of me is that. A couple of questions. Michael. Well, uh, it's, it's really, very really interesting. I was thinking, though, but it doesn't really seem to fit in with the last one. Oh, who but, cares? No, 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 no. But, you know, you're, you're showing, though, that you're still in the sukkah, it's sort of like a negative act, right? Like, you know, But isn't that sort of... Game on your enjoyment of the actual yumps. So I'm sitting here having my nice meal, but I'm looking at a bunch of dirty, smelly dishes. You know yeah, I mean? you know, I assume it means in a somewhat of a symbolic way. you got to figure out how to strike you right balance. So it's probably why we don't do it today, yes. Yeah, a on the, the, the for right. Um, uh huh. Um, But what does the Tzela say? Yeah, the Tzela doesn't really talk about the transition into the house. It just says we look forward to the Messianic times when we will all dwell in the Sukkah, right? Have to figure out if I can tie that Tzela into my into my explanation. I don't know. first time you we the Lashon of Lahori usually it's Lachon, so Lohry, see, so- well the assumption so- is I think is we have had it once right? before I think it is because as Rocky points out the assumption that the sukkah is on the roof so you're bringing it down into your house Yeah. And, and also we had all that discussion of uh, Shefiano and yes. now the language of Keli yes. so we say Shefiano when Keli is like a piece of clothing yeah. does the do Lashon have like a border like if I bought a new pot Yes. Well, again, you know, the person is. You know, in theory, it depends how much of a simchat it is. There was not a clear categorization of that. All right, let's take a look now at the next Mishnah. Nisach HaMayim that Pouring of the water is, is, is for seven days. Okay? So now we're going to discuss the pouring of the water that they did with the morning sacrifice on Sukkot. How was that done? Sluchis Shozav Macha Lugim. So a. Um, a uh, a golden um, vessel or um, pitcher that contains three log of water. A log is a, here's the best way that I remember how much these things are. A revius is our minimum size of like a kiddish cup is about three and a half ounces. A revius is a quarter of a log. So a log is about 14 ounces. So three log is 30, 42 ounces, which is like what? Which is a little bit more than half of one of those two liter bottles of uh, soda, right? Those are like 70 something ounces, whatever. Anyway, so that's three log. Okay. So, um, they would fill it up. From the Shiloh, which is a wellspring outside uh, of the Beit HaMikdash. They came to the gate of the water, which was on the south side of the Beit HaMikdash, near the ramp towards the, of the altar. Um tikuviu tiku. They did tkia truetkiya. We saw that before that they did that by the Arava. So all these rituals in the Mikdash, particularly these ones that are all around water and so much about Sukkot is that prayer for water. Anyway, so they did it tkia through a tkia with these rituals. Allah B'kevesh, the coin went up the ramp, ufunnel Yismolo, he turned left, shnei sfalim shaltesev hayasham, even though normally you turn right. We'll discuss that in the Gemara. And there were two funnels of silver. they were actually made out of plaster, elashayu muscharim pnei but they looked black and they looked silver because of the wine that was poured down them. uminukavim t'min shnei chosamin takim, and they had holes in them like two thin nostrils. Um, one was thicker and one thinner, which Rocky says to mean one was a larger fan, uh, hole, um, uh, you know, um, and uh, and the other was a thinner hole. Today, Shushnehem Kalim bevasachas, because you're going to pour both the wine and the water. Wine you brought every single day with korbanot. Water was brought only seven ta- days of the year, only on Sukkot. Okay, and the water was brought with the morning tamid. So, and you would pour the wine and the water that you're bringing with the morning tamid at the same time into the two different funnels. One of the funnels was only used seven times a year. Of these two funnels, one of them only was for water. So you poured the two, and they wanted the wine and the water to, you know, flow through the funnels and to finish at the same time. So therefore, you had them different thicknesses, because, or the, the, the openings were different sizes, because wine is more viscous than water. So therefore, you want a wider opening for the wine, because it's the same quantity of liquid, so that if you want the wine and the water to go down at the same rate. Today, you see him calling the Ma'aravoshamayim The east one was water, the, we, the, the west one was water, the east one was wine. I'll just draw quickly a the picture here, right? Here's your that. here's the east Left, actually Okay, that he That's okay. Whatever, okay. So, this be Here is the altar. Here's your ramp. Okay. Now the opening was in the south, so somewhere it was opening here. This was the Shar Hamayim. So they came in through here, went up the ramp. Okay, and now he went to left because he's going to do it on this corner alright, so the, normally you turn right, but that's going the long way around, he went the short way around, and there were two funnels at the corner, so he will look now, so that we have our altar. Okay, fine. Anyway, so here he is, okay, he's at this corner, and there are two funnels. And there's one on the uh, one the east, and one more western. Okay, so he's at this corner, okay, and he's quartering He's pouring the wine into into the funnels. All right. So it says, Achas Where were we? Uh, okay. Achas Maravos The one in the west, closer to the uh, you know the Ula, right? Uh, w- was of um, was uh, was the one for the wine. Where was he? No, David. Shall Mayim. it was the one for the water. Mizracho. The one in the east. Shall now, Ibn Shemaim Lutosha Yahya, If accidentally he poured the water into the wine one or the wine into the water one, oh, so Yatsa is still fine. Rebbe Huda Omer, Rabbi Huda said, the log, hayim Koh Two ways he disagrees. It was not three log of water, it was only one log, and it was not seven days, it was all eight days, including Shmini Yitzhak. So, Lam Naseich, Omer Lo, and to the guy who was pouring the water, they said to him, Hagbe lift up your hand, let's see you pour the water, and let's see you pour it into the funnel. Shepam achat, one time, Nasak Echad Agabe Raglav. He refused to pour in the funnel. He poured on his feet. Now, he was not, was not trying to, do, uh, to demonstrate it because apparently he was doing it in a hidden way because he didn't want to get in trouble, which is why now they say, let's see what you're doing. But the reason he did it was because he was a, a, a tziduki and the tziduki did not believe in this ritual of Niso Hamayim and he did not want to go along with it. So he poured on his feet, but people saw it. Vragmu and everybody stoned him with their uh, esrogim because everybody's in the basil with their esrogim and Lulovin, as we learned earlier.: Hopefully after so, the seventh day, so, we Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So now so they wanted to see him do it publicly to make sure that he would be pressured by the crowd um, and do it in the right way. Okay. he would do on the week like he did on the week that he would do on Shabbat the pouring of the water but you can't draw the water from outside of the and, and bring it in to um, you know and bring it in you'd be carrying so Erev Shabbat you would fill it in a barrel that was not sanctified the reason you would do it not sanctified is if the water became sanctified by being in the barrel it would become invalid by sleep spending over the night, Pasu belina. So therefore you do not want to sanctify the water yet. Because you have to take care of this Friday afternoon. Okay? is Okay. Umanicha and they would keep it in the Lishka and the Mikdash and then on the actual day of Shabbat they would take from that barrel. Nishpacha, if that barrel spilled, or nithgalta, or it was uncovered, and the Gemara has a problem with giloy, uncovered water, because it was it's concerned that it becomes poisonous and snakes spring yeah, from it and so on. We'll discuss that. Haya so if you can't use this water, Haya na Kiyor, you would fill it from the kior, which is the, you know, the um, laver, the uh, place where the Khanim would wash their hands because uncovered water and wine would be invalid, so they would get it from the sewer, like you have the whole like, like labor here where they would wash their hands, um, and, um, where was it? anyway, they would wash their hands, and it would be um, there. The, the, the downside is it would not be flowing water. You know, the idea of, as we're going to see, it's going to quote the pulse which is, and of course, the sort of symbolism of flowing and water. Obviously, there's a prayer for water, but, you know, certainly nowadays, and I imagine always, the idea of the metaphor of water as like the flowing of divine, you know, effluence and Kedusha and so on, Shefa. So obviously you want flowing water. If you went from the kiyor, it, it was connected to a underground well. So, but that's what you would do if you would have to. that's but that was only a backup. Ideally, they would have drawn the water from the day before from the um, shiloh. Okay. The um, it is, but because it's in the underground well, it does not get its uh it doesn't get sanctified. It does not get pasubely because it reconnects you lower it down, the water sort of is reconnected to the water underneath the ground. So that's certain yes, but that is why that's that's important, uh but that's that water does not become pasubely not this is okay. taking place every day. Every day with the Tamid, with the morning Tamid, okay. Now by the way, there's an interesting debate of rocky Toluse, which we'll get to yesterday of what happens after it goes through this funnel so Raji says it goes through the funnel and then it goes onto to the altar right Gives the fire okay and then it gets goes down into some drain which brings it into the cavity of the Nisthaya Tosa says I don't know where Raji gets any of this idea there's no source for it anyway that'd be pretty you know funny for it to go where all the fire is Tosa thinks it just goes straight down into some cavity. It never, it never actually goes on the top of the altar. It's interesting to think about because we talk about libations of wine, you know, you got these fires, that, well, where would they be poured? Where, I mean, what, where would it go? So it would actually go on the top of the altar? Was it poured at, at the corner and just went straight down into... there actually, this a thing, take it to the fire and then a hole? No, the funnel, the, the funnel, it goes into this funnel and comes out here, and then, there's like, I don't know, you know, it's like so something late some, some some or right. something, and then it sort of goes down after that. It was okay. Nisuhayayan for right. every Corbin during the day, yeah, and only now we are adding water as correct. The correct. new issues. Yeah, new correct. Element. Yep. Minani Nili, where do you get this from? Rashi says where do you get the idea that you do Tikiya through kia that you have Simcha that accompanies it we're well, not yet at the basic idea where do you get Nisot from before we learned it out we said it was but we'll see more about where you get Nisot that's not the exact question right now Rashi says the question is how do you know you do the Tikiya through Tikiya where the idea of Simcha come? Toza says, how do you know you draw from a, from a uh, wellspring? From, um, and not, you know, not maybe from just a well. How do you know you, from a flowing water? Damar the verse says, So Rashi says, the says, with joy, and therefore you do the tekiah to the And Tosun says, it's me <speaking in> ha-yeshua, <Hebrew> and therefore you do it from a, from a stream. But who says that I don't know. All right, fine. I don't know. Harutrei Mine. Now, there were these two heretics. Anytime the Gemara says heretics, it it very often, if not always, refers to um, uh, um, Jewish Christians. Um, so that's actually a, a good book called um, from uh, many years ago called Jew- uh, so like Jesus and Christianity in the Palmwood" sure. by this guy Harvard 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 no, can't pronounce his name Tra- Travis I think yeah. anyway yeah. he's Travis actually Her- a, Her- a Travis. what Hartford Travis Herford Her- 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 Travis he was a Jewish priest them. or a minister I forget which one anyway but he did a very good job collecting all the references in the Bible and the even stuff that had been censored out on Jesus and Christianity. And he just gives like historical context for it you know and what type of allusions and what the references were and so on this particular Gemara I do not know how to translate in, you know in terms of some Christian uh, context but let's take a look okay so there were these two minims, these two heretics Chachmei Satson, one's name was Sasson the Chachmei Simcha and one's name was Simcha Sason was Simcha so Sasson said to Simcha I'm greater than you Deceive. Sasson Yitzimcha Yesigu they will achieve Sasson and Tzimcha these Sasson got mentioned first I'm going Simcha said back to Sason, "No, I'm not even enough better than you to receive Simcha the Sason." Why, Yehudim? Simcha and came to the Jews. i I know. I'm the Simcha. The Sason said to Simcha, "Had Yomash Shavkuch v'Shavuych Farvanka. One day they're going to kick, abandon you, kick you out of your status in heaven, and make you some like a runner, you know, that goes in front of the king." Receive with Simcha they will go out you'll be like the guy who runs in front of the troops or whatever um, or, or runs in front of the king's retinue so Simcha said back to Sassav one day you'll be abandoned they'll turn you into some type of a uh, flask and they'll fill you, fill, fill you with water Receive ushavtemayim bishason. You will draw my wits. It's like birds are. It's good timing. So Amaleah, who mina, the shmei Shason, Rebbe Yavod. So particular meaning, his name was Shason. Presumably the same guy. I don't know. Said to Rebbe Yavod, atidisu the tamulimayim almadasi. In the world to come, you will f- will be my water drawers. You Jews, let's say, will be will draw water for me. To receive a because the verse says, "Ushav t'main desasone." You will draw water. He read it for Sasson, for me. Amar le, he said back to him. I'll receive with Sasson. We'll draw water for sason. Can accomplish? Then it'll be like you said. Has to receive bis Now it says we'll draw water with sason. Maske de ugava the skin of that man, your skin, meshavinim leguda. We'll make into a flask and we'll use that to fill water. So that's what it means, you know. So Rebbe Avo often had these <coughs> discussions with the Minim. Again, very little funny interlude. I have no idea what it has to do with being a Min other than being a troublemaker. But the first story was just being silly. but so, you know, it's a way of poking fun at the and Minim. Rebbe Avo was in, Kaisalia, in yes. Yeah. Yeah. in a pagan city. Interesting. Interesting. Did they to... Yeah, I mean, a general undermining of the whole enterprise of their attempt to understand scripture and use scripture that could be because obviously Jewish yeah. scripture, the whole idea was to find support, yeah. you know, in in you know in scripture for you know for their religion for their philosophy. So you could be right; it could be just a general mocking of that whole their whole enterprise. They don't right. understand right. sukkim they don't know how to read psukim They're just foolish. What? <laughs> Not in the yeah, psukim, th- th- right. right? That's interesting too, right? Okay. All of finally went up the ramp and may, turned left, as opposed to the normal turning right. Went straight to the corner you needed. Anybody goes up in the altar. Derech you go up on the right side of the ramp. Derech small and you come down on the left side of the ramp. So it's not England. All traffic is on the right. Except for going up for three things. You go up on the left, you make an immediate left turn, and then you turn around and come back down. The and for these three. The point of the wine and the water. Talk about Christianity, wine and water. And if there's too much bird olot in the east. Normally, the, uh, uh, normally the, ola, the bird ola would be here and the bird chathas would be here but bird olas were very frequently brought it was a way to bring a cheap korpa, right? I mean a, a bird costs very little so if there was too many olas here you'd have to bring, bring the overflow here so for bird ola, then for the pouring, rather than going all the way around, you made an immediate left. Now, Rashi says, it's not just we want to save you the effort. You know, it's still more, we want the traffic. We always want people moving to the right. We want to keep the floats out, they the same. There's a religious idea of turning to the right, not turning to the left. But we let you go straight to that corner because there's so much smoke in that area that the bird will die because the bird, you know, it's not a big cow. The bird will die from smoke inhalation and the wine and the water will get smoky and will not be appropriate to be using. So that's why we let you make an immediate left. Everybody, left. that's the one I'm to right? Yeah. time you had to bring a bird ola here. The reason we say a bird ola is that the bird chathas was done on the floor. Right? The ola was done at the top. So anytime you need to bring a bird ola or anytime you need to do a nisuch, you can make an immediate left. Okay, so let's keep on going. Um, so the statement was they were, they were not silver, the funnels. They were, according to the position of whoever it was, Rebihuda, they were plaster, but they were black because they looked silver because of the wine. So the Gemara says, I get that the one used for wine was black because it was used for wine. Um, but the Maya, the Amay the one for water, why was it black? It was used for water. So hebend the Murmar, since we say the if you did it the wrong way, your Yotze. so Shamayim Ativashure, so the water one will sometimes you'll make a mistake and it'll you'll pour wine down it and it'll be so therefore it, it came it became black as well, even though it was not used as regularly. Now it's quite fascinating because you could all you have to say is sometimes the cu- person made the mistake. Why do you have to make the legal point and saying since bidieved you would be yotse. you were never supposed to do the wine and the water once. It say sometimes people made a mistake. Very important what it shows you psychologically. Once you tell somebody bidieved you're yotzei, they're not going to be as careful. <laughs> so, it is greater likelihood you'll make a mistake now that you were told that Bidyevit it's not so bad, but you it, you'd be Yotze. Okay, so, like, uh, I don't know. Okay, so it's during the interims of that time. <laughs> and there were two holes, like two nostrils, down the, you know, respectively, the two different um, uh, funnels. Um, so the Gemara says, Leimam Athnissin Rebbehuda, he left left mission as the, the, the lo and that's the rabbis, meaning the fact that you needed a wider funnel for the wine. Wide? None. Rebbehuda Omer, that you would not use three logim, but you'd only use one log. So the Gemara says, that's why you would need a um, diff of water. He said you'd only use one log of water. That's why the wine had to be wider because you had th- three log of wine, but only one log of water. So, therefore, you need, in order to get them to go down at the same rate, you need a much wider funnel for the wine. The <speaking in Hebrew> of the wine, I'm sorry, the Rabbanon, if it's the rabbis, there's three log of wine, and there's three log of water. So, who needs different sized holes? They should go down at the same rate. So, there's an obvious answer. Martha says, no. Even the rabbis would need different sized holes chamra samich, wine, is viscous, maya kolish water is not viscous, and therefore, even the same quantity, you need a wider funnel for the wine, if you want it to go down at the same rate. Hakinami yinistava, that also makes sense, um, where am I? Um uh the E Yehuda, because if it's Rach of the Kutzer Islay, he uses the phrase to describe the different funnels, not the phrase that's in the Mishnah of Dak and Mi'uvet, Sin and thick," but wide and narrow. The time we right. so, Rebyad, Omer, he also uses a different phrase. He talks. he refers to these uh, funnels as kisvaot. Two kisva'ot, ha you sham. Echashin, one of wine, one of water. So yain pia rachav. The wine one had a wide opening, shamin pia katsar, and the water one a narrow opening. So he uses the phrase rachav and katsar, whereas our Mishnah used the phrase mi'uveh and dak. So, so today and there were different uh, openings so that they would run it would run out at the same time so that is a good proof that clearly our Mishnah is not Reb it uses different terminology but even as the Rabbanan, and even the same quantity you need different sized holes in order so that because they're different the viscosity so that is enough of a reason to have different sized holes in order that it should all uh, pour out at the same time ok with that we will add more of Niso